You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Back for week 11. We are now in the midst of the season, middle of the season, whatever you want to call it. But we are, it's grind time, guys. It's its its a fun time of the year. Get to see a lot of prospects being called up and a lot of great players moving up through the minor leagues here. Of course, D. Mendy is not only joined by just uh, Mr. Baby Huey here, but also joined by a guest as we do each and every week. But Baby Huey, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday afternoon? I'm doing good. Uh, as I've been saying, this has become my favorite uh, time of the week. Uh, I look forward to even doing the graphics at this point, which is odd to me, but I'm really excited. I'm, I'm very excited for our guest this week. He's someone I've respected for a long time, and uh, I'm very happy to have a chance to sit down and talk with him for a little bit. And uh, yeah, this is a, this is someone you want to pay attention to. That's right. If Baby Huey's hyping that person up, you know it's definitely somebody I'm hyped up about just as much here. The man you see at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, is a very special man. If you are listening to the podcast, though, I will make sure you guys just get a sense of how great this guy is. He is the developer of RoboScout at ProspectsLive.com. He finished second overall in TGFBI in 2021 last season, which if you know anything about TGFBI, it's hundreds upon hundreds of people that enter. So second overall is pretty insane. And this man kept up with that same type of success even the year before that as he was 13th in 2020. He is a prospects guru. He also has a great Twitter handle, which is at the underscore arrival. It is Dylan White in the house tonight. How's it going, Dylan? Very good, very good. After that introduction, I'm uh, my head's going to be too big. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we're pumped to have you on the show. Before we get started into all, of course, the great prospect talk here, can you please tell us a little bit about what RoboScout is? Yeah, so when I started Dynasty Leagues a few years ago, one of my biggest weaknesses was prospects, and I really wanted to not have that be a weakness, and so I started trying to do some of the things you see now everywhere with the scouting the stat line trying to find correlations between minor league performance and major league success or probability of success. Um, so I developed this thing. I used to tweet about it call and called it the formula that trademarked. Um, and then prospects live approached me. They had some guys leave their dynasty team like Jeff Ponce got hired baseball America. Uh, they had a bunch of hires from their leave. And so they asked me to join the dynasty team. So I joined them and we brand it Robo Scout now. It kind of, like I said, it takes minor league performance. It uh, applies park factors. It tries to regress um, when they're low sample sizes, just trying to give you an idea. And it gives a score from zero to 100 for each level. It tries to give you uh, an idea of who's performing well and has a good chance of becoming an impact prospect for you. So it's really to help your dynasty teams uh, get, a, get a leg up on your league mates. I think that's the name of the game. If you can, you know, 
get up that leg up and you can find out about guys ahead of time and and pick up the ones that are super valuable uh especially as we get more and more information about all these young prospects you got to use all the tools available out there and this sounds like one of the top ones to use where can they find access to be able to use this tool yeah so right now it's behind the the paywall uh behind the patreon it's ten dollars per month to get access to it i do every week we update it and i write a little article of like who was hot that week or who i'm targeting um some of the problem is that a bunch of people in my leagues are are also subscribers. So I uh, end up getting beaten to the punch at a couple of my calls. But uh, yeah, right now it's it's behind the Patreon. That's right. So if you're interested in checking more about RoboScout, you can go it's on prospectslive.com, correct? And you can find out more about it there and, and pay for the Patreon thing there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's not behind the page, the Patreon wall. So like the draft content is really great. Uh, there's different tiers, obviously, of the Patreon. Um, but yeah, you should be going there anyway, Prospects Live, if you're not already. Uh, and really, really quick, thank you. I want to I jump in. Uh, so Dylan's someone that's, he identifies players the same way I do. Like this has been going back for like almost two years now. Like I, I see lists that he puts out in the same type of lists that I put out. So it's like, I've noticed that from the start. And, and just recently, a, a, a quick story. My buddy's really big into Dynasty Leagues. He plays like 30-team leagues. And where prospects that no one knows about is, is picked up. And it's like, so I tell him occasionally about some random guy that no one's ever heard of. And just this week, Dylan tweeted about a guy named Glider Figueroa, I guess. And so he went for like 600 something dollars in this, in this big <laughs> dynasty league. Like that's just, just because of Dylan putting out the message about him. So, that, so that's the kind of power this tool has in shifting the the way people are looking at prospects and just in especially those guys that no one's ever heard of they will instantly be picked up as soon as he talks about them that has to make you feel good dylan if you're putting something out and then the moment you do someone's dropping six hundred dollars that would make me smile uh, that's a great story i, I think eddie almaguer had had something to do with it because he was kind of on board with that name too so i don't want to i don't want to take all the credit for that he's got much more power and leverage and clout than me but uh, that's a great story to hear well, we've got tons of great stories and great players on this episode. And as always, you guys know, we kick things off first segment, which is our minor league players of the week and a very familiar face here on the call up. Sturry Ruiz, outfielder for the San Diego Padres. He is, uh, I think, the first three timer on this show. He's uh, we love him here. And over his last 10 days, you can see the awesome stats that he's putting out there right now. And Dylan, this is, should be somebody, if, if you don't know who he is already, you, you're, you missed the boat on this guy. Yeah, I think it's definitely too late now. Um, he, he just went for the trade. This is a kind of a ridiculous trade in one of my dynasty leagues. It's with good players, like good owners of the teams. It was a 15-team batting average league. He was traded for Julio Urias and Carlos Correa. That was the trade that went down last wow. week. So obviously someone really believes in Ruiz. A lot of the other owners were upset at the trade, but just kind of give you an idea of the value that, that people think that he may be able to provide. So on RoboScout, he was 100, which is the maximum you could get in AA. And in AAA so far, he's a, a 96. So he's basically tearing it up. Um, obviously, since you guys have talked about him before, you know he's a speed threat. Um, he... I had a podcast with Eddie yesterday uh, for the Patreon subscribers and we were digging in and the more we dug in, it was kind of like, we can't deny that this guy has to be a top 50 prospect. 
He could be Jonathan VR, Adalberto Modesty, Adalberto Modesty. Um, he's just keeping it up. We we have um, we had Stackhouse access to the minor leagues last year, and so with the what he's doing right now in the PCL, we we quickly looked at what he was doing. So he has a 31% chase rate, a 74% contact rate, 13% barrel rate, and a 108 mile per hour max uh, exit velocity in 30 batted ball events in AAA this year. So I looked back at last year to see what what 23 year olds in AAA had similar stats, and the one that comped closest was Josh Young, who had a 31.5% chase rate, 73% contact rate, basically identical, uh, 109 mile per hour max EV, which is in 342 plate appearances. So he had more opportunity to have a max EV, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's kind of undeniable that this guy will probably be an impact player. He was playing center field in AA. In AAA, he's played seven games in center and two games in left. So maybe they're kind of grooming him to being left because they have Grisham in center right now. He's not on the 40 man. So there's going to have to be some, some roster shenanigans there to get him up there. But uh, I, I love what he's doing. So my favorite question to ask every week, and this makes always makes Michael uncomfortable, but Dylan, I'll see how you feel about it. Do you think we see him at any point this season? <sighs> uh, I think, I think maybe August you'll see him. Like I said, he's not on the 40 man. Will Myers is going to come back from the IL. Um, Tatis, hopefully, is going to come back soon. Machado will be playing again, too. So Abrams might go down and he's ahead on the depth chart. So it's going to take a, like, he's going to have to sustain what he's doing right now for a while before it's like undeniable that he has to be called up. Um, so I would say August. I do think he'll come up this year. Uh, he may not be an impact player, though. So keep an eye on him, obviously get a taste maybe for next season, 48 stolen bases and 287 plate appearances this year is bonkers. So you can just see that potential there and why people are making trades for him. Just like as Dylan mentioned, that type those types of trades, this, the definitely the talent seems to be tantalizing to say the least. Let's talk about a player, Mike, that you think should be one of the players of the week here on the hitting side. And that's Sedane Raphael. I think I hopefully said his name, right? Uh, but he's an outfielder shortstop in the Boston Red Sox organization, tearing it up over the last 10 days and uh, also now in double A ball. So kind of getting closer to uh, where maybe more people can find out about this guy. Yeah, I should mention right off the bat, uh, Chris Clegg, uh, who's a good buddy of mine, he mentioned him very early in the season. And I was a little bit suspicious. I, I thought it was too quick to be calling him out as like a top 100 prospect, but he was spot on. So shout out to him. Uh, I, I like everything I'm seeing here. The, the scouting grades weren't there or as easy to find coming into the season, I guess, but I'm seeing at least an above average hit tool, possibly plus same with speed and he's developing power this year. So like, I'm seeing like this well-rounded player that's in, in double a now he's only 21 years old. He's capable of playing infield and outfield. Uh, I, I like him quite a bit at this stage. The one thing I'm slightly concerned about is his low walk rate. So he's he's definitely a guy that likes to hack at the ball, but he doesn't strike out a lot, and it's, it's productive across the board. So I would like to see him increase that a, slightly, but this is a guy that I think you should get on your teams, uh, even as a secondary trade piece or something. If you're rebuilding, uh, I, I think he'll be like firmly on top 100 lists by the end of the year You know, across the board. Now, you mentioned that Chris Clegg brought him up early on this season. Was was he somebody that, like, 
other people had seemed to be bringing up as much as him? Or was it almost like this was almost like a completely out of left field call? Like, had you seen his name floated around anywhere else? No, I, I look at prospects quite a bit. You know, I was doing it even more than I do it now last year. And this was a name that kind of slipped under my radar. When Clegg brought him up, he was kind of out of left field to me, at least. So it, it was to me, it was like him saying, here's a guy that no one really knows about. And he's really like a top five prospect in the organization, like very quickly. So I, I got to give Craig uh, Clegg credit for that. I mean, I don't know what he saw exactly or how he saw it so quickly, but like I try, I pride myself in trying to find these guys soon, as soon as possible. And this is just one that slipped in my radar, but he's, he's been doing it all year. He's gotten even better since he's moved up to double A as well, which is another sign I look for in top prospects. All right. That's a name right there. If you haven't heard it, I actually hadn't heard it until today. Make sure you keep an eye on Sedane Raffaella, another player in the Red Sox organization that I think you guys got to keep an eye on. If, if you haven't already blaze Jordan, third baseman for the Red Sox on the season, a 291, 343, 810 slash six homers, 37 RBIs. Also got a couple steals recently in June though. He's really been heating up a 364 average he also, in his last 10 games, has 19 hits, 10 runs. This is a guy that has a ton of potential power. He's somebody that uh, I was reading that there were some stories of him hitting 500-foot homers at age 11. Uh, and somebody that, again, the tape measure shots he's going to be able to hit, especially as he keeps developing, is going to be awesome. His defense is going to be something that he has to keep working on. Um, obviously, from the right side, like we mentioned, a good stroke. Maybe he eventually goes from third to first, but he's got size, power, and could be one of those big sluggers when he eventually gets you know, called up to the bigs that you uh, love watching him hit home runs on TV here. I don't think we probably would see him for another couple more years, obviously, as uh, he's still a ways off. But Blaze Jordan is somebody that has gotten really hot and I think could even potentially get promoted at some point uh, this season to the next level here. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on Blaze Jordan, but I definitely really like what I've been seeing from him recently. Yeah, we have uh, Blaze Jordan at 110 in our latest top 500, which we released uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, Sedan Rafaela is 116. I, I think those will reverse uh, in our next update, but uh, yeah, Robo Scout gives Blaze Jordan a 70 and Rafaela an 82. Two great Boston Red Sox prospects. Still a couple of years away, but we'll make an impact at some point in the future here. Let's turn it to the pitching side. Let's talk about Ricky Tiederman, who plays in the Toronto Blue Jays organization and has been looking really good down in a ball. And Dylan, what about Ricky is just have you has you pumped up about him? Yeah, I had to wear the Dunedin cap in in honor of him for for the uh, the podcast. <laughs> uh, he was drafted last year, third round, uh, lefty, nineteen years old. Uh, he has an eighty seven Robo scored a high A. Uh, he had a ninety seven in low A. Um, he's number seventy six in our top five hundred. Uh, so he entered the the top one hundred uh, quite quickly. Probably one of the biggest risers, actually. Um, in June, you can see all these numbers here. It's, it's been ridiculous. Um, as I mentioned before, we have the StatCast data uh, last year. And so what I did was took his low A performance, his metrics, his uh, IVB, induced vertical break, his vertical approach angle, his miles per hour, his, his RPM, his, his uh, horizontal break, 
um, all those things which kind of are correlated to uh, expected whiffs, et cetera. And what we did last year was we looked at pitchers' arsenals and, and saw how they how they were compared to the league average and then put grades on them based on the stat cast. So all that to say is I took his low A performance this year and compared it to the baselines from last year to see how we do. And in high A, his 95 mile an hour fastball, which has incredible tail on it, um, has a strike percentage that's uh, plus to double plus command, has double plus whiffs. Um, his changeup has 9.7 mile per hour differential, which is from the fastball, which is kind of the ideal zone. You want, kind of want to be 10, 10 miles an hour. Um, that is a 65 on control. I know that doesn't exist, but call that plus to double plus control and plus whiffs. And then his slider has incredible sweep on it as well, opposite to the tail of the fastball. And uh, he has a double plus whiffs as well. So his, his arsenal, all that to say is his arsenal is elite. He's only 19. He's in high A, comes from the left side. He's uh, I watch J games basically every day. And even the like Pat Tabler, who is the color commentator is knows who this kid is. And is talking about him on broadcasts. Yeah, lefty. Obviously, you can see the numbers on screen. 16 strikeouts over his last nine innings pitched. Does seem like he could be somebody that helps that rotation out, which, you know, the Blue Jays also, Dylan, let me ask you this. Are you also kind of find it appealing because he's in an organization that seemed to do a lot better with pitching? We were talking about how we see guys that are on the Royals and we worry about, you know, their development and other organizations. We have like the Yankees who seem like they've been doing well with pitchers. When he's in an organization like Toronto, does that make you more excited about the possibility of what he could do at the big league level? Yeah, definitely. I think the the Toronto, the Jays organization has um, really emphasized analytics and, and they've really increased their, in the, 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 the size of that team. And you can see it in, in sort of their, the development of their prospects. Um, Gabriel Moreno, Bobachat, obviously, Vlad, obviously, but Aurelvis Martinez, <clears throat> Gabriel Martinez down in low A. Uh, Nick Frasso has incredible stat casts. So, like, that sort of thing uh, makes me optimistic because they are, it seems like they are looking at those metrics that uh, have proven to have success in the contemporary game right now. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited. I love it. Let's talk about another pitcher and shout out to Christian Crespo. Uh, we'll be back at some point. But we got a Detroit Tiger on this list and Reese Olsen, who uh, over the last 10 days has been looking good. And on the 2022 season in general in double A ball has looked pretty swell as well. Mike, what about him has you excited? Well, he's someone that pops up on my radar when I do the filters on fan graphs, uh, age and different stats and stuff. I just don't think he gets talked about enough. Uh, and when I looked on fan Fan tracks, he's only rostered in 9% of leagues. So this is a 22-year-old in double A with a 1.78 FIP, you know, a low whip as well, low walks, good, really good strikeouts. And just as you see in the last 10 days, he's struck out 18 hitters in nine innings. Uh, looking at his full arsenal, he, I mean, he's got an above-average fastball, plus slider, above-average curveball, plus changeup. And command was the question coming into the season. But he's walking 2.31 per nine. You know, he only walked 1.64 per nine in 2021. So we could be looking at a, a guy with four above average to plus pitches with good command 
pitching in the, uh, the Tigers organization. It's a great pitcher's park as well. And I think this is a guy you should pick up, especially in leagues where you need some pitching or uh, I just can't see how he's going to stay under the radar much longer if he continues with this success. Yeah, he's been looking great. And you see the the high K and low walk percentages. A great thing to look at with minor league pitchers. If you can see that K to walk being as great as it is, it's going to be a good sign for them as they keep rising up the ranks to the next level here. From Reese Olson, a name you should know, to somebody that's that caught my eye on the radar this weekend, Robert Gasser, who is the number eight prospect in the San Diego Padres organization, a lefty. Over his last 14 days, which includes three starts, a .47 ERA, 19 innings pitched, eight hits, three walks, and 23 strikeouts. He's also had back-to-back scoreless outings in high A ball. Uh, he recently retired 21 straight in his last start. Not necessarily someone that's going to blow you away, but he seems like he does have good control and command of his pitches. Somebody that maybe at the, the pro level is someone that's more of a back-end arm, but he has an above-average changeup. Somebody that uh, doesn't have a massive overpowering frame, six foot one, hundred ninety pounds. But I think just with the fact that he's able to, uh, you know, he has one hundred thirty-nine strikeouts and one hundred and two innings at junior college. Uh, I, I think he is the potential to be a solid pitcher for this team when he does eventually get called up in a couple of years. A loaded mid-nineties fastball, a slider um, that's also considered a, a plus pitch potentially down the road. I think he's somebody that's starting to find his stride now in high A ball and and somebody that you maybe could hear about more in, in the coming years if you haven't heard his name already. Robert Gasser, definitely somebody that's been pitching well as a as of the last few weeks here. So uh yeah, Robert Gasser, that will at least close out the players of the week segment. But this segment is as popping as it's ever been, the notable promotion segment. We had a bunch of big name players that many of you guys have already heard of. And we'll talk about him just really briefly here. O'Neill Cruz getting finally called up by the Pittsburgh Pirates and immediately hits, a, I think, a ball that had 112-mile-per-hour exit velocity on it in his first game. C.J. Abrams back up with the San Diego Padres with the Manny Machado injury. Josh Lau, Lowe, thank you, John. <laughs> Always do that with their names. Josh Lowe going back to the Tampa Bay Rays after some hype going into the season. And then Caleb Killian, Going up to the Chicago Cubs real quick, just a maybe 60 second or less synopsis of, of one of these guys that you want to talk about each. Dylan, is there one of these names that you just want to emphasize more of their impact to the big leagues here? I mean, I think it's got to be O'Neill Cruz, uh, 2020, maybe 30, 30 at peak power, probably good batting average. His strikeouts aren't that bad. Um, I tried to get him. Someone dropped him in TGFBI last week. I bid over $100 because I don't have much left, and I did not get him. Um, he is the type of person who this season could be an impact player to give you a title. That's big, uh, and he's already showed that in his first game. I think two or three RBIs, the hard-hit ball we mentioned. He's a very much an exciting player. Uh, Baby Huey, anybody else you want to highlight here? Yeah, well, I mean – Anyone who's been following me for a while knows I love C.J. Abrams. I'm not expecting him to be a huge impact this season, but uh, Josh Lowe, now that the Rays have shown that they're willing to call up their players and give them everyday playing time, I mean, they're giving Vidal Brujan everyday playing time right now, even though he's not producing a whole bunch. So he's someone who has power and speed, and if he's not striking out too much, which he had reduced that in, in the last month in AAA, he could definitely help out fantasy teams this year as well. 
yeah, both guys are been very tatted for a long time and hopefully they can start producing this season. And, but like Mike said, you know, maybe some of it is, is more towards next season, but just make sure you keep an eye on them this year. Prospect watch guys that maybe aren't, some could be, uh, players you heard of and others could be just guys down and, and very low ball that, uh, you should just kind of keep an eye on and, and see what they're doing a little bit here. And the first name here, Dylan, you would have been proud of me because he was my guy last week. And now that I know that he was your guy too for this week, I feel even better that I brought him up last week. But you'll explain, talk about him a lot better than I did. So what else should we talk about? What should we know about with Ellie De La Cruz? Well, I'm sure you have talked about him before because he's just someone to watch for sure. He's got the power. He's got the speed. We just talked about O'Neill Cruz. That's exactly the blueprint Ellie De La Cruz is. Um, if you look at double a performance by a 20 year old since 2007, and you kind of compare the, the hitting profiles, walk rate, strikeout rate, ISO speed, home runs per 550, swing strike rate, all that he maps almost identically to jazz Chisholm, who I know you've mentioned in comp before and O'Neill Cruz. So like those are not just because he's six foot five and O'Neill Cruz is also a, built like a wide receiver it's also in the in the results and uh so i really like the fact that it looks like he can we're always worried about the strikeout right it looks like he has two people who are in the majors who are able to overcome that and continue their development and become impact fantasy players so uh, really excited about that yeah he's a stud and obviously you can see with the numbers someone that's going to make a very Big impact at the big league level when he does get the chance. Mike, James Woods, I think he's making his debut on this program and somebody that's another fantastic project or prospect in the Padres organization. Tell us a little bit about James Woods. So absolutely. He, as you can see, he's only has the 86 plate appearances this year, but hitting 303, 465, 515, showing the power and speed. What I'm most encouraged about is that 22% walk rate with the 16% strikeout rate. Obviously, I don't think that's sustainable, but this is a teenager who I really liked uh, in the draft last year for his upside. The hit tool was the missing link. So he's already showing me signs that the hit tool is better than advertised. And he's got big, big power. Like He's one of these flashy guys like, like uh, De La Cruz we just talked about. And the speed, I think, will go down a little bit as he – ages but this is like a six foot seven 240 pound lefty 19 year old who's not looking overmatched in, with the hit tool it has massive power and speed uh i saw a tweet yesterday i forget who's who put it out but uh they're basically saying this guy has the potential to be number one overall prospect down the line and there's a lot of hurdles to clear but that's the type of upside he he carries if he can show that these He's not overmatched, you know, because he did strike out quite a bit in the complex league, but he's reduced his strikeout rate by almost in half at this point. So just the early signs I'm looking for for a guy with massive upside to become a complete player. So I, I would I would target him aggressively in, in Dynasty Leagues. That's James Woods, outfielder in the San Diego Padres organization. Francisco Alvarez is almost the opposite of the two people that were mentioned earlier. He's somebody that very much known by not even the, the non-prospect mind, very much know Francisco Alvarez catcher for the New York Mets. uh, you know, mostly a consensus top 10 prospect in 2022 in general, a 284, 360, 567 slash 15 home runs, 
uh, in 56 games in double A. Why I think it's kind of intriguing and why I put him in the, the watch section is over his last, I believe, uh, 21 games, he's hit safely in 19 of them with 11 homers, seven doubles, and 22 RBIs, and 852 slugging percentage. This is a guy that came in this season, 20 years old, the youngest player in the Eastern League on opening day, fewer than 600 minor league appearances. And we've seen so many players get called up from double A, I feel like, this year. With his prospect pedigree, the potential he could have in this New York Mets lineup, uh, and not the fact that they don't really have a catcher that's, I think, firmly entrenched in front of him where they, they wouldn't, you know, they would want him to to sit and learn and, you know, what the case may be. Do you guys think Francisco Alvarez could potentially make that jump if he continues hitting the way that he is at double A? The jump to the major leagues this season? Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd throw it out there. I don't think so. Um, it's it's not ridiculous, but I just think I think they're going to slow play him. I think the catchers they like to slow bake, like teams like to slow bake, just because you know you have to learn how to control a staff, control the game, control the running game. Um, there's a lot of other other things, other intangibles, other than just you know hitting, um, obviously. So I think probably not this year, but I, he definitely has this, the ability to be in this year. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's notable that he's a 20-year-old catcher in double-A. Like you said, catchers, you know, Adley Rushman was 23 in double-A, you know, 24 in triple-A. So just the fact that he's up there shows how advanced his bat is and how high the team is on him. But I, it, it hadn't entered my mind that he was going to be a, an option this season. Yeah, I mean, he's crushing double-A right now. Uh, obviously, you know, many, I think, places expect him up next year. So, uh, yeah, maybe somebody just watching right now, but like you guys said, maybe not uh, potentially making an impact this year. But who is making an impact this year? Well, that's why we saved this segment for last. The who's next, the players on the verge of the call. D.L. Hall is not somebody that had been mentioned yet in this section. We talked about two other Orioles and Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. D.L. Hall seems like he's the one always forgotten about and, and the lesser of the, the other two guys, but he's very talented and somebody doing that you think the Orioles could be calling up potentially soon. Yeah. He ended last year with a stress reaction in his elbow. And so people were a bit worried um, obviously. And so I think we're kind of collectively holding our breaths this year to see how we do. Um, but he seems to be back. He's hit a hundred miles an hour on the fastball. He's a lefty. So that's especially great. The sliders in the mid 80s his last two starts he threw 82 and 89 pitches uh respectively so he's he's built up he's not they're not uh, babying his arm right now um there was some talk with i think it was mike uh elias about jordan westberg and gunner henderson being called up to AAA, and then he was kind of being coy about dl hall um and they sent bruce zimmerman down so i think there is a possibility we'll see hall well, we'll definitely see him this season, I believe, uh, but we may see him sooner rather than later. Um, and I just wanted to mention using the the Statcast stuff that we did last, that I was talking about that we did last year. He has exactly what's written here: double plus fastball, plus slider, plus changeup. The only issue is the command. He has a, a bit of a higher walk rate than we'd like, um, but worst case, he gets put in the pen and he's just a, a wipeout closer. Yeah, uh, DL Hall, very excited to see him get the, you know, get in the big leagues and me living in Baltimore would be one of the few players you actually want to go to watch at this point because the roster itself is 
pretty bare of, of talented guys at the major league level, at least besides, you know, a few guys here. So deal hall, I would love to see that very excited for him. This next player, Mike is somebody you were so excited to put into the call up section. He got called up just within a day before we hopped on the air here. So why don't we talk about Jonathan Aranda here? Yeah. Uh, like you said, I was, I've just been noticing him throughout the year, even on social media. I don't see his name thrown out there a lot. And he's just a good hitter. Uh, he doesn't have anything resembling speed that's going to help you. But if he can tap into a little bit more power, he's got a plus hit tool. And, you know, he's capable of playing multiple positions around the infield, which Tampa Bay loves. I think this is just a guy who's going to be a solid hitter. He's not going to be like a fantasy superstar, but he's going to be an above average major league hitter. It's just it's just a matter of how he can crack into that lineup on a regular basis. Uh, but he's someone who I when I see his name on on lists I look at, it's just like a bunch of really good prospects that everyone likes, and then he's just in there. It's kind of the same thing that happened last year with Jose Miranda, Juan Yepes. So it's just, it, you know I don't think he's got as much power as those guys, and he's he's like an eight, a year older than they were last year, but similar type of situation where you're going to want him on your team. He's not going to be a star for you, but he's going to be a really good player. That's Jonathan Aranda, Aranda, third base, second base, first base, played a bunch of different positions down in the minor leagues. And somebody that if you don't know, definitely take a look and, and see what he could be doing up at the big league level here. This last player, Miguel Vargas, third base, but he also could play second, first base, multi-position eligible, uh, and can play a lot of different areas on the infield. 64 games so far in AAA, a 278, 376, 475 slash, 10 homers, 56 RBIs, eight stolen bases. To be honest with you guys, I, I mean, maybe you can explain to me why he's not up yet. I mean, he's got a 12.4% walk rate to a 16% strikeout rate this year. Obviously has a lot of power. He seems like he controls the strike zone really well. He has a very good high batting average almost at every single level he's been at at the minor league. So it seems like his batting tool is just, I mean, I don't see many holes in it. He seems like he has a lot of advanced uh, bat to ball skills. His at bats are just quality all the time. Uh, seems like he's just the ultimate bat that they could play at third base. And with Justin Turner struggling like he has this year, why would they not turn to the younger player here who maybe Justin Turner could be more of a clubhouse guy and, and uh, you know, be impactful in that way. But he, it just seems silly to me at this point, why this guy hasn't gotten a chance to be up with the, the Dodgers. Yeah. I think they just, they have such an embarrassment of riches that they have so many options. Zach McKinstry, they got Gavin Lux still up. They, they're playing him all over the place. Edwin Rios. It's just like they, there's no need for them to, to rush him or start the clock. Um, maybe he'll be a, a trade piece for a, you know, a final piece for them in their playoff run. But yeah, I agree. He's been at the top of Robo Scout. Him, Nolan Gorman, and Vinny Pasquantino have kind of exchanged the top three spots every week. Um, so definitely on board with you that he's tearing it up and there's nothing left to prove. I really like that. You threw a little tease in there, Dylan. He could be a trade piece for uh, uh, an option for them down the stretch here. So now that's, that's going to be in my mind. Um, I mean, it makes sense. He's like their, I think MLB.com has like their fifth rated prospect. And uh, yes, I mean, I would love to see him get a chance somewhere. So that's an interesting thought. Uh, but with that, we're going to wrap up week 11 of the call up here. 
Dylan, thanks so much for joining us, man. And if you could, please plug in all the great work you're doing, where they can find you on Twitter and any projects you might be working on. Yeah, just prospectslive.com. Um, I forgot to mention one of the the highlights of what we do is a, a thing called the Daily Sheet, where every day we report on like 50 names of minor leaguers and what they did last the, the day before. Uh, that's in the $5 per month tier, but it's definitely it's worth it just for that. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, the underscore underscore arrival um, and popping out RoboScout stuff every so often. Again, one of the best prospect minds out there. And if you want to check out Robo Scout again, I, I might go even look at it right now just because I think you sold me. It sounds awesome. I love how you have the rating system for it. And it, it's a sounds like another great tool for people that want to get more into prospects and and get a jump on their league mates like you mentioned earlier. Baby Huey, what about you? Anything that people need to find on Twitter from you or anything that work that you're doing? Uh, I've actually taken a little bit of a hiatus from Twitter recently, but I'm going to get back in. I wanted to get rejuvenated. I've been grinding pretty hard for about two years straight, it seems like at this point. So, But I got a, a, another article coming up on Bantrack soon, and I'm going to start uh, posting more you know, leaderboards and different uh, identifying different like uh, breakouts and stuff like that. So just, uh, thanks to everyone who stuck with me during my downtime here. And you know, even with his downtime, he's going to be on the call up. Baby Huey is, I think, besides week one, has been here every other week. So um, I think besides technical problems, but he wants to be here in those when he's having those technical problems. Uh, but thanks, you guys, for tuning in again. If you guys enjoy the call up, please make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you're subscribed to the channel and hit the notification bell so you never miss when an episode drops, usually every Wednesday morning. Also, it's in the podcast feed every Wednesday morning. So make sure if you want to listen to it, you're subscribed there. But for Dylan, for Mike, I'm Demendi. We'll catch you guys for the call up in week 12.